0: Hey everyone, it's Brett Fish. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Fishbowl. Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu said, Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And then Anne Lamott put it this way, Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Let's hear that one again. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. And so I want to explore this idea of generously hitting the pause button in an episode titled Episode 2: A Quiet Pace. In my work with hotlines, we often do an activity called the River of Life, in which we invite people to take a big sheet of paper and to go and spend some time depending on how long the workshop is 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour and to depict their life as if it was a river on this a3 piece of paper and so if you think of a river there's certain different things that a river can have when things are going well in life maybe it's really wide when things are a little bit tight your river is is really thin and narrow when there's rocks in the river that might talk about obstacles that you have to face if there's a waterfall It might be a time in your life when things were just crashing down and there was chaos. When there's a big decision that has to be made, it might be a split in the river or it could even be an end of a relationship or moving to another place or whatever. So it doesn't really matter what the picture is all about. And I want to encourage you, this might be something that you want to decide to do at home or with friends or family, grab a group of people and do this. It is an amazing exercise. And usually when I, when I offer it to people, I've started telling them or describing it as an Oprah gift. You know, that idea of look under your chair, you get a car, you get a car, everybody gets a car. And while we don't give away cars with hotlines all that often, it's almost better, I think, because there's this, this opportunity for you to sit with your story. And the focus of the activity is you draw the river, you come back to a small group and you share with the small group. Your story, and it's a way to hear other people's stories and build bridges and connections and all of that. But, but I see as one of the greatest gifts of this activity the chance and opportunity for you to sit with your story. That's the Oprah gift because that's something that doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen enough. I was thinking earlier today that probably the only time when you sit with your own story is perhaps if you are in counselling, or maybe if your birthday is coming up, or if it's the end of the year, you might. Have some traditions where you pause and reflect but generally we don't get to kind of just pause and stop and just sit with our story where have we come from what have we overcome what were some of the challenges we faced what were some of the times we didn't think we were going to make it and yet we did what were some of the amazing achievements what what are we celebrating who are the people that have moved in and out of our lives and so just finding time to sit with your own story can be such a gift and I want to encourage you to find times and spaces when you can, when you can do that. Because busyness can be like a drug and it becomes easily addictive. I've got to achieve this. I've got to tick off this list of things. I've got to do all this stuff. I've got to move to the next thing and the next person and the next opportunity and next encounter and next arrangement. And it, just, it can become this thing that you just kind of fall into like a flowing river and you kind of lose grasp of determining your path. But you're just swept along with all the things that need to be done. And things that need to be ticked off a list. And and so it can become easily addictive. And I think that can be an identity or a self-worth issue for a lot of us. This whole thing of busyness, accomplishing things, ticking boxes, being in touch with the latest music or series or superhero movie or having the latest car or phone or saving up for this next thing or going on this next experience or whatever it is. It can become the identity. This is who I am. and, And we lose time to just pause and stop and say, am I happy with who I am? Are there things I want to change? Are there things I want to improve? Are there things I want to celebrate? Are there moments I need to pause and just grieve? And I think alongside this busyness is this whole thing of screens that many of us, maybe most of us, can't live to an extent without our screens, especially our phones. And and so we can get so tired to the next message coming in, to photographing this event, to a call or an email we start to put work on our phones and we move from this thing to the next and, and it's really hard to step away it's really hard to just turn the tv off put my phone down put the tablet away and just just be in life outside of screens and so often screens tend to dictate what we do how we spend our time who we interact with and some of my most anxious and most relaxing times are when I leave my house without my phone so maybe it's charging in the bedroom and I forget it or whatever which doesn't happen often and so there's the sense of missing something the anxiety of like oh I don't have my phone and then there's the sense of relief oh I'm missing something I don't have my phone and I think especially when I go out on one of my neighborhood walks at night or whatever um, just this idea of actually I don't need that for me, my phone is my GPS, so I often have to have it just so I can get to the places I need to. But, but finding spaces and times of, of just being able to, to disconnect from it, not letting our, our phones dictate who we are and what we do and how we spend our time. We're also an instant generation, so we've moved from long cooking to microwave meals. We've moved to instant coffee and instant messaging and instant access to photos. And the photo thing, and I've thought about this for years, that I watch so many people miss out on experiences because they're busy recording them. So many people, it can be a sporting event, it can be out in nature, it can be on a camp or whatever, and they're so busy taking pictures with their phone, taking videos of their phone of all the things they are actually not doing, not experiencing and so instead of, of sitting under an amazing, incredible sunset, you're looking at a really tiny version of it on a screen that you can go look at it for years to come. But, but actually, you've missed that moment of, of being there. You've missed the moment of celebrating with your friends because you're busy taking pictures. And I don't know if you like me. I take a lot of pictures, but I rarely go back and look at them unless they're kind of sitting on Instagram or I'm scrolling back looking for something and so so much of the of the things I want to record and remember and whatever just sit in a phone or on a computer somewhere anyway and I don't even go to them and how many experiences how many moments have I missed out on experiencing because I was recording them five-day cricket became ODIs then it became T20s and now there's even talk of T10s and 100 ball games and and it's just like everything is is speeding up and and, and going quicker and going smaller and going more instant. And, and it's not that that's bad. A lot of those things make life really more helpful or enjoyable and, and allow us to fit different things in. But I think we lose something if, if we kind of get caught up in all of that. If everything becomes sped up and, and rushed and busy and moving us on to the next thing. Now in the Bible, one of my favorite statements goes like this. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. And I often talk about when I'm out in nature. For me, this idea of seeing creation speaks of a creator. And so when I stand out under some stars or next to the beach, or even if I just stand now looking at my hands and looking at kind of how my fingers move and and this intricate design work that I don't think can be an accident, but especially when I'm outside and there's beautiful things around me, be still and know that I am God. And whether you believe in God or not, I think there's, there's some powerful kind of invitation there to just be still. Be in the moment. Enjoy the sunset. Take in this ocean. Enjoy the people around you. I mean, one of the big horror stories that I think most of us notice is when you're at a restaurant and you look across and you see a couple or a family, and everyone is on their phone, and they're out eating lunch together, but not together at all. And we've lost this art and this ability of just putting down the phone, putting putting down the things that distract us, and just being with each other. I think I gen- generally feel a bit more strongly than most people on this, and so I try to temper it, like everybody can kind of figure out where you stand on it but my feelings around phones is that if I'm going out for coffee with you unless you've kind of said hey I'm expecting a call from my boss or my wife is pregnant and about to give birth if it's just you and me going for coffee and your phone rings and you answer it or you look at it then for me there's the sense that you've chosen that person over me even if it's a wrong call so you might choose a complete stranger over the fact that you chose to come out and have coffee with me or whatever and so I try to use that to govern my time with other people rather than kind of judging people around me but there's the sense of if I come and have coffee with you I'll put my phone away my phone generally lives on silent and some people don't have kind of work that allows them to do that but I do and so my my focus is I've chosen to spend this next hour with you I'm going to give you my attention unless there's a cricket match on and then I'll ask for permission to check the scores but but that sense of you are the most important thing to me right now and if you're sitting with somebody and you pull out your phone and you're looking at it, you're saying that's, that's not the case. And so as, as we look at this topic, a quiet pace, it's an invitation to find moments, to find days, to find strategies and ways to, to really just slow things down, to create space, to step away from screens, to, to engage with people and nature and yourself yourself. And so for me, this idea of be still and know that I'm God, I've often found that with these early morning walks that I do on Musenberg Beach. And so i I have my phone with me because it counts my steps for Strava, and I take photos with it, but but then there's always a moment of putting the phone away and and just being there, stop to to just listen, to reflect, to see, to smell, to take it in. And I do a weekly walk alongside Musenberg Beach with my friend Charles. And I love walking with Charles. But every now and then I go and pick him up. And, and we have this understanding that if he's not at the car within 10 minutes of, of me meant to pick him up, then I, I get to go because he's overslept or whatever. And it's happened once or twice. But I often find when it gets to eight minutes past and there's just two minutes to go, something in me, as much as I love walking with Charles, there's a sense of, oh, 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 I get to go by myself today. And and there's 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 a there's a joy that happens when when I, I go because if Charles doesn't pitch up then I'll go to the beach and I'll do the walk by myself and then I will take more time to just just be still and to just look and smell and see and be and it's 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 one of the regular times in my life and that's why when when the weather gets good again I, I tend to go around on late night walks around my community because. The privilege of being a white male it's safe for me to do so but but taking an opportunity to just slow down and just take it all in and and reflect on things what is what is troubling me what are things I need to do what are are there people I need to go and apologize to are there relationships that need more work who haven't I reached out to for in a while who needs a voice note and often on my walks I'll send voice notes to people and just encourage them remind them that I love them tell them I care about them those kind of things and so a quiet pace is this idea of, of being more in charge of the pace of your life. Sometimes we can't avoid it. Sometimes we have to get stuck into the busyness that's there. But if we plan ahead and if we create spaces in our timetable, we can, we can find ways to be quiet and to be still. Now, if you've seen the movie A Quiet Place, which is obviously where this title came from, there's this group of, of alien creatures that have taken over planet Earth, and, and the humans that are there have to be absolutely silent. If they make a noise, somebody can die. If there's no silence, you die. And that feels like quite an extreme way of looking at it. But I wonder if there's any truth in that for us, that if, if, we, if we don't make silence, if we don't make room to just slow down in life, to reflect, to think, to consider, to be amazed, to be in awe and wonder... That maybe we die, maybe a little part of us dies, maybe we lose a little bit of ourselves because we caught up in 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 things and people and meetings and screens and all that and so this is an encouragement, it's not a criticism, it's not a condemnation, it's an invitation to a quiet pace to finding moments where you can just turn things off, slow things down. and there are a thousand different ways to do this, and I look forward to hearing. You share some of your ways that you do this in the comments, and hopefully we can have an engagement around this. Tell me, what do you do to switch off, to to slow down, to quieten down? But here are some of the things that that I've found work for me, and, and feel free to take any of them and add them. I've probably taken them from other people. The one thing which I've done this year, which I've done in various other years, but I love, is a gratitude journal. And so the last thing I do before I go to bed every night, which is often every morning, I tend to end up going to bed at one, two in the morning sometimes, is I've got a book that literally lives in my bed. And so the very last thing I do is I take a pen and I write the date and I write at least one thing that I'm grateful for in the day. And often there's two or three things. And I try not to write all the things I'm grateful for. I don't want 20, 30 things. But but at least two or three key things that I'm grateful for. And if I have the worst year of my life, at least I can look back and And find 365 things that I'm grateful for. And so I find that as you start to reflect gratitude, you start to realize that there's a lot going in your life. And I've spoken about how hard the last three years have been. But the gratitude journal has helped kind of take me out of myself and remind me of of all the privilege and all the joy and the friends I have and the things that happen. And, And I've never struggled to find at least one thing in the day that I'm grateful for. Another thing is, is river reading, and I think this is something that Val came up with, and we've done it a couple of times. And we take camping chairs, we invite a couple of people, and we go to Newlands Forest. Normally, there's a, a thin kind of little trickle of a river, and we separate, and we bring our books, and we bring our snacks, and it's this idea of being alone together. And so I know there's a number of people that have joined us on it, and it's something I really want to do a bit more when the weather's good. This idea of, of you go with a group of people, but, but then for an hour, two hours, three hours, you're by yourself, but, but near other people. There's, there's something strong in that, in, in a sense of community going out and being alone together. I love it. And people always walk past us, and people always get jealous and always go, that's an incredible idea. And they don't know maybe the specifics of it, but just this idea of slowing down in the middle of a forest where lots of people are walking their dogs and running and, and doing all this activity. And they see people that are just sitting in the river, sitting alongside the river, reading books. And so that is something that I want to encourage you to give a, give a shot. Solo walks, which again is, speaks to a privileged thing, and not everyone can do this depending on where you are and who you are. But if you've got the opportunity, if there's a place in nature that you can go to that is safe for you, or if there's a place in the suburbs. And I see lots of walking groups and running groups around Deep River where I stay. And so if it's not something that feels safe for you, then you can you can do an alone together thing, I guess, by finding a group that goes out and walks and walk with them and don't feel the need to necessarily engage or whatever. But you can have people around you that can make it safe. But for me as as a guy, like I really love the times of just being able to walk at eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, just walk around the suburbs and and again, like it's, it, that's an easy time to be switched off. There's no activity. Most people are asleep. There's a chance to just think and reflect and listen, all that kind of thing. Just music. So sometimes at home, I will pump up the iTunes, put on a playlist, and just lie down on the couch, or sometimes even lie down, stretch out on the floor, and just listen to music. Because I find that often when I'm listening to music, I'm doing something else and so music is in the background and so I'm doing work or I'm writing to people or playing games or this and that. And so it's, it's, it's amazing sometimes to just only have music and just be in it. What is the music you love? What relaxes you or excites you or calms you down? Just even if you've only got five minutes. But maybe sometime you've got an hour. And one thing Val and I used to do is uh, we used to have a record player and we'd invite people round, And the idea was find a spot, lie down, and Sunday afternoon, easy listening. And so it's, again, it's another thing you can do alone together. Invite some people around. Everyone adds a few songs to the playlist and you just are by yourself together, just enjoying the silence. A quiet pace. What else? Something... I think just intentionally creating spaces where you can step away from the screen and away from your phone. And so it might be that on Sunday before the week ahead that you put something in the diary. Or it might be as a family that you decide Wednesday nights are are no screen nights. And you, you find creative ways of hanging out together. The question game or jigsaw puzzles or going on walks or whatever it is. Learning a new hobby together. I think there's amazing capacity for us to connect with each other when we are intentional about putting the screens to the sides. And then this next one, gasp, leave your phone at home. Again, sometimes for us it's a safety thing. Sometimes for us it's a getting to the place you need to get to thing. But but when there's an opportunity, maybe someone's picking you up and you're going to a party and you don't need your phone, find opportunities to leave it at home. And to intentionally kind of step away from this idea that your phone rules you and governs you and and dictates what you do. Another thing that I like to do fairly often, especially if I'm on a longer journey. I remember when I was driving to George recently or when I drive to maybe Somerset West and takes a little bit longer is I I love listening to the radio. I generally only listen to Smile FM because they play all the 80s music. But I I find lots of times to just turn the radio off and, and again just to be in the silence gives me time to think gives me time to reflect gives me time to take in the scenery or whatever's happening and just again it's just a way of stopping or slowing down and so turning off the radio turning off the noise and there's different things that create noise in our lives finding ways to turn it off and just sit in what's left behind and then another thing that we do that I really I really used to love doing with Val at the end of the year and I've started doing it by myself as well is this end-of-year reflection. So we used to go out to a restaurant and take a bunch of A4 pieces of paper that had different headings on them. And it doesn't really matter what the headings are. You can come up with them creatively. And again, this is something you could do by yourself. It's something you could do with a couple of friends where you go and be together alone and you kind of explain the activity and then everyone does their own one. But each each piece of paper has, has some theme that is either reflecting on the year that's passed or the year that is to come. One of my favorite ones was, who do we want to hang out with? And so if you don't choose who you want to hang out with, especially if you've got quite busy lifestyles and a lot of networks and things like that, then, then it will just kind of happen. But maybe there's certain families and certain individuals and maybe there's people you're mentoring, um, people you haven't hung out with a long time and you, you put names on a list. Like these people we particularly want to hang out with next year. We want to be more intentional about spending time with them. Um, it might be what is one thing or what, what are some of the regrets of this year? Some of the things where you feel you could have done better. What are experiences that you want to put in place for next year? So I've been talking about these deep dive conversations and and that's something that I really want to see happen in my life next year. And so that's going to be on that piece of paper. Like maybe there's a, a hobby you've wanted to take up, a language you've wanted to learn, a skill you've wanted to get that you just keep on not getting to. And if you take a time at the end of the year to slow down, write some things on a piece of paper, it's amazing how they can help focus you. And so we usually do that with four or five pieces of paper. Spend an evening just looking back. And a lot of that is celebration. It might be mourning or grief over things that have happened. It might be remembering people you've lost. And then looking ahead to to celebrations, to new ideas, to new adventures you want to take, to things that are coming up, to people you want to connect with. And so that can be such an amazing one. Art can be another one for people that are arty, which is not me food, learning new meals. I love I love cooking, but I generally, especially now that I'm single, tend to get into the habit of just doing the two or three things I know because they're easy to make, they're quick, and then going through the motion. And so I've been intentional about getting recipes from friends. And so you've heard about the the spicy lentil soup. And then recently I got a chicken curry recipe from Duncan. and And so finding new things, things you've always wanted to make, And if you've got a partner, if you've got a family, those can be spaces where you invite everyone. Hey, Wednesday night, let's get together. Let's do this thing. Incense, a new hobby. I think I've mentioned some of those before. And just one more thing on the end of year reflection. And at Hotlines, they they have this really simple thing, which is really profound. And and it might be a way for you to do that, especially as we're coming to the end of the year. And it's basically, you could have three sheets of paper with headings that say, stop, Start and continue. What are things that I want to stop? What are things that are eating up my time, eating up my energy? What are things that I need to resign from or step away from? What are things that I need to start? And we've spoken about new things. Um, it, might be, it might be old habits that you've, you've grown away from. It might be things like reading the Bible or going on walks or reading at all. Um, that language you were learning what are things I need to start and then what are things I need to continue things that I've been doing that are good that I want to carry on doing and so stop start continue is a great way of just pausing and reflecting as you head into a new year so I'd love to hear from you I'd love to hear what are what are some of the things you do to pause what are some of the things you do to kind of add some quiet pace into your life I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's given you stuff to think about. I hope that you are already thinking of some things, maybe some of the suggestions I said, some of the stories I shared, and you're going to put those into your life. And I want to encourage you to do it sooner rather than later, because the longer you leave this, the less likely it is to happen. And maybe, maybe if you are in a place where there's comments available, write down in the comments, what was one thing you heard from, from this chat that you want to put into place? And then please share some ideas of things that weren't on the list, ways that you slow down and reflect and and pause. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And then almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. I hope that this has inspired you to, to really lean into the seeking of a quiet pace. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet subscribed to my podcast, please do that. If there are episodes from previous seasons you haven't listened to yet, there's some great stuff out there, go and listen to it. But if you found this particular listen, lesson, if you found this particular episode helpful, then please share it. Maybe you can share the link on your social media. Maybe you can tell specific friends that you think need to hear it. Hey, go check this out. Give it a listen. It would be great if if... You can help me get this in front of more ears, because I really think that this particular one is is something that so many of us need to hear and need to hear regularly. pause, stop, reflect, be, be still, and know. And so I really hope this has been an episode that has has really given you something to think about and and really invited you to both create and to look for spaces where you can slow down and reflect and And really lean into a quiet pace, which will add to those times when you are busy, when you do have things to do and responsibilities to get to. I'm Brett Fish, and this has been Out of the Fishbowl.